Caregivers, have you ever felt like nothing is going right? Well, cheer up and welcome to Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program, where you'll learn how to avoid that dreaded thing called caregiver burnout and how to survive the grieving process. Join Dave and his guests now as they share practice tips and tools that you can start using immediately to help get you through this day. Now, here's your caregiver host, Dave Nassani. Okay, from Los Angeles and New York City, a big LA welcome and big Apple welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberg at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 18 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, MixCloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, PlayerFM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, our newest one, Facebook Live, HealthyLife.net, and CaregiverDave.com. And we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and one of the top six best podcasts on Caring.com, as well as number three out of thousands of caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. I didn't know there were thousands of caregiver podcasts, but apparently there are, and we're number three. <laughs> we have an exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. <laughs> He always says yes, because it's true. Because it's true. Karen Timmons. I don't lie. (laughs) Karen Timmons. You're you're a New Yorker. All right, settle down, you guys. Karen Timmons, mother of three, grandmother of one. Her interests are animal conservation, helping the homeless, the treatment of depression and bipolar disorder, and suicide prevention. Worthy goals. She supports both the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the AFSP, and the Survivors of Suicide SOS. That's a great uh, acronym. The latter is a support group for the people whose loved ones have taken their own life. She came to know of these organizations after the death of her younger daughter. Oh, my gosh. But before we get started, I want to take this moment and thank last week's guest, Melissa Lyons, an international best-selling author and inspirational speaker, passionate about helping people shift into their life that they were meant to live regardless of the current situation. And that includes aftercare as well. So just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our other interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of those other 17 global networks that I just mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Welcome to the show, Karen Timmons. So excited to have you on. Thank you. Excited to be a guest. So I like to ask my guests just to take a minute or two, introduce yourself. I like to just ask the question, who is Karen Timmons and why was she put on this earth? Yeah, that's that's uh, that'll take you back her. to a leap, huh? <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> no, my Did you fall off your my, chair? No. <laughs> this is my husband's chair. It's like I'm not. No, um, I so, would say that because of the suicide of my daughter, it made me very aware of the aftermath. So I've been through a lot, and that just everything I went through made me who I am today. 
And now I, you're on I a, speak and, out. And now you're on an interview, and that's that's amazing, and it is of itself, right? Yes, it is. Thank you. Wow. Depression hits when you least expect it. Yes. And so. we have, bipolar. We have triggers. It can be the simplest thing, and you know, one minute I'm okay, and the next day I'm just a horror. I'm not nice. I uh, mainly I'm, my poor husband gets it, and yeah. anyone that we always hurt be, the ones we love, the ones we shouldn't hurt at all. I know I'm. I've received all that wrath from my wife as well. And she was uh, in the grief process, and she was going through her depression and her anger and all of that. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I want people to know why uh, you're going through all this stuff and uh, what stuff you're going through. So let's start with, because our audience are caregivers. Have you ever been a primary caregiver before the death of your younger daughter in, in your lifetime, even as a, a child? I've helped people. It's it's my instinct that they're they need the help or I can help them in any way. Yeah, I sense that. But I've been more on the receiver end of the caregiver, the watching caregiver my husband. Needs, the caregiver who, who needs a caregiver. Right. And my husband and daughter were my caregivers like 24-7, mm -hmm. plus nurses, doctors, had a nurse. I had um, open hearts. No, I had a bypass. Mm. Well, I had all that. I <laughs> all the above. I had a... I needed a transplant. Oh. And I was on a transplant list for like a year and a half. And you go into the hospital, and they put the thing in your neck to register everything, your heartbeat and everything like that. Mm. And the closest I came was once. You go into the hospital, and it's called a one-time. And if, you, if you're at a certain level, and you're on a one-time, and a heart comes in, you're offered that heart. This went on for a year and a half. Mm. Wow. And it did not help my depression. The thing well, is, I we we moved and bought a new home, and it's like all hell broke loose. Within well, a month, first, were you? Uh, my uh, daughter's suicide. Okay, so obviously that probably brought about depression. Were you that, depressed before that in any way? Yes. Yes. Okay, so yes. you're like are clinically you, are depressed. You, I'm clinically. Yes, are you I am. Bipolar? I'm bipolar. And I'm are you bipolar. Medicated? Are you yeah, medicated? Is, I'm. I take medication, and it's trial and error. Right. Okay. You know, sometimes I'm, it'll last months, and sometimes it's weeks or a week. It's mm -hmm. a constant on the go thing. Yeah. So you don't have a, a regular cycle that you can sort of count on. It just shows up. It just shows up. The medicine will stop working, and I just feel inside horrible. So it's like the, you know the medicine I'm is not sorry working. sorry to hear that, yeah. 
So the, the yes. old name for manic depressant, I mean for bipolar, is manic depressant. Uh, either yes. you're manic, yes. bouncing off the walls, all of a sudden... I've done oh, that plenty of times. You're, you're, you know, we got to scrape you off the floor. And um, I don't know why they changed the name uh, to bipolar. Do you have any idea, Adrian? No. I think manic depressant is a more descriptive uh, term of what's really yeah, it's going on. It, it is, but a lot of people will associate bipolar quicker than if you say something else. Well, yeah, because that's they changed the name. That's why, yeah. But in the right. olden days, uh, you know, there was no bipolar. It was always manic depressant. Mm -hmm. So, um, right. I am so manic I can imagine, depressant. I can imagine that uh, the suicide of your daughter just intensified your bipolar symptoms and uh, and so on. Yes. So I would never uh, wish that on anyone. Right. Of course can we not. go through that, or is it too emotionally painful to? Uh, well, if I start crying, that. please forgive me, but um, we moved to the new house, and I knew she was upset, <clears throat> and my son had called. Is this because of the move? Yeah, my son called and had my middle daughter on the phone, and she was very upset. So I got... To the phone and I said, you know, Doris, what's going on? Everything was going wrong for her and I knew it, but not to the extent mm -hmm. that she was going to take her life. I spoke to her the night before she took her life and I was able to get, oh, I love you, Mom. <laughs> And I just knew something was wrong. Mm. And we call each other, my children, we call each other every day, my two daughters especially. And I called the next morning and there was no answer. And I was like, that's not like her. Mm -hmm. I called and called and called. Finally, I called her girlfriend because she was... She's gay, so she had her, her, her put it friend. I'll be nice about it. And I got in touch with the mother. And it took about two hours. And at that point, I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I let out the most unbearable dream in the world. To this day, I miss her. I think about her often. It mainly overpowers me because of the depression. So it adds to the depression. Of course. I was not expecting it. I mean, she literally set everything in motion and then gave a call to her girlfriend's mother and said, I'm going to kill you, you know, her girlfriend, and da, da 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 And I got a phone call, and that's when I, you know, like, Darst, what's going on? Mm. No, no, I wouldn't tell someone that. You know me. I said, are you sure, Darst? Because we had made arrangements that she was going to 
get in the car up in Albany and come down to us in Florida. We went out the next day and bought a mattress, you know, for the for the bedroom and everything. When I didn't get the call back from the mother, I called the grandson and he answered and then I called and the police said that he had passed away. Hmm. She right. laid everything she? out. How he was thirty four. Mm -hmm. And how long ago was this? It'll be six years. Okay. This this October. I hate Halloween. Because it happened woman. on the thirtieth. You're a strong woman. Do you think your daughter, uh, probably, I'm thinking as I ask the question, but uh, do you think she inherited this bipolar? Yes. And she was going through her own depression? Uh, was it necessarily because of the move? Well, it, she she was a recovering alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Self-medicating. Right. Yes. And, uh, excuse me, she apparently started doing drugs again oh. and drinking, which I had no idea. But no, when they did the autopsy, there was no drugs found in her at all. Mm. So that was like, what? But mm. then I got her phone and saw messages, and I realized. But my thing was, she spoke to someone. They could have gotten in touch with me. Because yeah. I had no idea any of this was going on. She spoke mm -hmm. to actually a few people. And then that was the worst call ever. Ever. You know, I lost my mother only, in an early. It was her first and only attempt? Yes, and she succeeded. She laid everything oh. out. How did she, she do took, it? She took pills mm -hmm. and she took NyQuil. But she laid everything out, took a picture. Nope. A note? And she left notes. Hmm. She left a very simple, plain note from my husband and myself. She left a note, paragraphs, to my grandson, to hmm. myself, my son. This is her son? No. My grandson is from my oldest daughter. So she wasn't married? Your daughter. She wasn't married. She was so in love with her that, you know, mm. it's, I yeah, kept, think, to this day, it's love like. love would have kept her alive, yeah. Right, but unfortunately, <clears throat> the girlfriend was a huge part of her. Depression? Depression. Mm -hmm. And she let other people know, but not me. She would say, you know, I'm sad, or, you know, so-and-so took my car. The relationship was toxic, and I didn't know it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've gone through many emotions uh, when you discovered that she had taken her life. Grief process. Oh, God, you know, yes. The denial, the uh, anger, the bargaining, uh, the depression. Uh, Even was there now. Guilt? Was there guilt in there, too? Oh, God, yeah. Even now, I mean, you think, <clears throat> what did I miss in those conversations? Mm -hmm. Right. 
what, what the what why it should is, yeah. Right. And I live with that like basically daily. So do you at least mentally recognize that it wasn't your fault, that there was nothing you no, could have done? I, and I, let go I of the do. Guilt? I would love to say I could let go of the guilt, but I can't. <laughs> it's still, when she took her life, <clears throat> she took a huge part of me. Sure. Mm -hmm. So it's it was that, and then I got sick with the heart. So everything just compounded. Yeah. You know, I I was taking medication at, for my heart because I was, yes. you know, not feeling well. Mm -hmm. And I, the reason I'm alive this day is to my husband. I went mm. to sit down. I was going to go upstairs. I took all my medication, and my chest was killing me. But I just thought, all right, it's, you know, I'm, I'm depressed, whatever. And I went to turn around to go grab the railing on my stairs. And I just collapsed back into it, mm. into like the, the stairs. And my husband said, are you all right? And I couldn't even talk right. And he came over. And the tightness, I couldn't even breathe. Mm. And he went to get me up, and I, I, I couldn't move. You were going into shock, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's take so, a break. This is a good time for, to take a little breather and take a break. So we'll be right back. Don't go away, okay? One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships, is about Charlene, a stroke survivor. Back in 1996, Charlene was a healthy, normal, very active 52-year-old woman whose amazing talents resemble that of both a Martha Stewart and a Wonder Woman. But all that changed when she suffered a massive stroke that left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on the right side. Everyone who knows Charlene is thoroughly amazed at how she lives day by day, month by month, year by year, and with a smile on her face and hope in her heart that everything is going to be okay. Just hear what best-selling author Lynn Barrington has to say about it. If you think you have it bad, read this book. This is a beautiful, genuine story told from the heart. It's inspiring and easy to read. When you finish this book, you'll be able to look at your concerns in a new light. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships. Available everywhere. And we're back with... Karen Timmons and Adrian Gruberg, and we're talking about depression. And you're you're a strong woman, <laughs> Karen. I I know you don't feel like it most of the time, but um, well, I'm still in the recovery. I mean, I thank God my yeah. heart is doing wonderful. Well, how long but after it's... the suicide did you start having heart problems where you needed surgery and all of that stuff? She took a life in October and March the following year, March like 26th or 27th. Did you have so heart problems before, before the suicide? And your no, parents, I, you know, neither parent had heart problems? Both of my parents. Had? My, my mother passed away when have. I was 17 mm. with a major heart attack. My father passed away at 43. I never got yeah. to know him. So the My stress grandfather. of the suicide couldn't have helped mm -hmm. it. 
No, it it added to everything that was going on, and I just kept it to myself. Mm. And I would cry all the time and just be anxious. And you know, I was going to a psychiatrist, and I was going to uh, I, I loved them both, my psychologist, and I just somehow the stress just I smoked. I was up to like three packs or four packs a day, just mm -hmm. one after the other, after the other, after right. the other. And then unpacking and moving and putting things where you want them and then trying to concentrate on not thinking your child is not here anymore. Right. Had a lot of stresses going on. Moving is stressful in and of itself. It's right, but suicide. it's also taken, it's horrible. It's taken a horrible right. toll on my husband, yeah. my remaining two children, my grandson. Um, I'm not the same. I mean, I'm me, Yeah. but... There's a part of you that's missing. Yes. <laughs> same with my so, wife. Yes, and will I get to that part? I hope so. Well, I try we, to think very can, positive. Yeah, be optimistic. And right now my medication, thank God, is working. So as long thank as my God. medication is working, I'm good. Just remember, if you can see it, <clears throat> you can be it. You know, that's a little yes. cliche. Oh, yes. But a lot of people, I mean, even Thomas in the Bible says, unless I see it, I won't believe it, you know. But we're, we have to be the opposite. We have to believe it to see it, not like the world. Well, that's, that's why I'm a big advocate because... I use Robin Williams as the example. Yeah. He had everything in the world going for him. Everything. Fame. Personality-wise. I mean, mm -hmm. he was loved by so many people, but he had such depression, no one knew it. And that's yeah. the thing. A lot of times people don't like to discuss depression because they think, Oh, you know, kids are going to feel bad for me or someone right. else. And, and that's not the attach, case. And people attach shame to depression. Yes, you know, I depression, don't. Depression, depression many don't. times is a symptom of something else like Parkinson's or Lewis body dementia. I mean, there, it's depression is a symptom and depression is a killer, obviously. And yes. so... Um, it let's talk about your husband. Let's talk about your husband, the caregiver. My husband. So he started yes. caring for you mostly after the suicide. You were an emotional wreck. I was. started becoming, uh, and I assume you were even maybe a little mean to him during that emotional. Oh, yes. And, yes. And so give us some examples I've, of I've how mean, mean you were. Cause, and I only ask this because there's other caregivers out there and other loved ones. And it helps for people to know, because people beat themselves up over being mean to their loved one, and yet when they I'm hear that, mean. that it happens to other people, say, wow, okay, maybe it is normal. Maybe maybe I don't deserve to beat myself up every day or feel guilty every day and stuff like that. I'm not so, the only one. Yeah, you're not I'm, the only I'm one. extremely mean. So give I'm me some examples of, of how extremely mean you were. And, and I bet some other people oh, can. I still uh, am. Um, <laughs> but you still am. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. Uh, 
But you're working on it, right? He, I'm, I'm working on it. He's a trigger for me right now. The last couple he's of months, plans, huh? <laughs> he's been my trigger. Um, we'll I have sure told that he him, watches this interview so that he can pick up some uh, pointers. If he's on another laptop, he could be watching this, but it's going to be recorded. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Actually, without him, I would be dead. I, I give him a lot of credit because I screamed at him. I have called him. I'll be kind. I've called him every name there is. And when I say it, it's the look in my eyes and it's this darkness. I and I just go right I've to the jugular. I've been there, done that. To the you know, jugular. I've yep. been there, done that. I know my wife's looks and sometimes, you know, it just looked like there was evil in those eyes and that sweet woman. And I says, you know, I rebuke you, <laughs> you know, come out. Right. right. I mean, that's, that's how I am. I mean, basically I'm, I'm kind hearted, but I, I have a darkness. The Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you see the darkness and a lot of times you don't. But when I don't, he doesn't get the blunt of everything. Yeah, I mean, so I how, does truly... he, how does he take it? How does he take that that punishment what does he do what is his reaction to that does he just leave the room does he internalize it it's, does he fight back what does he do sometimes he fights back with me does that sometimes, make it better or does that make it worse it makes it worse <laughs> it makes it worse because then i i i can't i have can't i cannot have the last word i have to have the last word so it's like you dirtbag, you son of a blah blah blah, and you wow, and this and this and that. And I'm I'm there. I go. I tell you, I go right for the jugular. I don't. And the thing is, you're lucky. He when loves I'm like you this, unconditionally. Yeah, <laughs> he has to. But it 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 affects our marriage. It does. It affects. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. Because it's the constant. I don't drive. My daughter comes usually once once a week, and we go out together. How do you treat her, by the way, compared to how you treat him? I treat her better. Why is that? Familiarity breeds contempt. Oh no, I I love her. <laughs> I love all my children. Right. But she's a, a connection. So no, I'm I'm generally not mean to her. At least I hope I'm not. Mm -hmm. Is it because she's not but around as much as your husband? She doesn't live with you. We talk daily. We talk daily, and she knows if I'm in a mood, she'll hang up the phone. She'll say, "All right, Ma, I'll touch you later." Whereas, unfortunately, my poor husband, he'll walk away and go upstairs. And I'm left downstairs like <laughs> prisoner. And it it's 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 a feeling that unless you've had it, I can't. It's just horrible. But let let me ask you: Do you think that he's right to just walk away? Yes. Right. He doesn't. Okay. He does. He does not deserve the things that I say and do to him. He doesn't, and I have to say, he's he's a good soul. Even now, 
He's still my caregiver because I'm not a, like my body is not physically there. I mean, it's, it's horrendous to see me get it in and out of a car. Mm. My legs, I don't have the strength, my upper body. Are you in a wheelchair? And he, no, no. And I have balance issues. Mm -hmm. So when that sets in, it's like, the worst. Do you think a power chair <laughs> would help your your functionality and your state of mind and your husband's attacks? <laughs> if you, I think if I I think if if I could learn to just not attack him every time he opens his mouth, <laughs> because I do nine times out of ten. God forgive me. He catches the worst of me. Yeah. Uh, do you think he's doing it on purpose, or he's just an innocent soul stepping in quicksand? He's the innocent soul stepping in quicksand. Do you love him? Yes. Do you? How often do you tell him that? I don't tell him. You need to tell him at least once a day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, I don't know where I heard this from, but it's like... Uh, it's like every morning when you wake up, you should look at him and you say, I just want to apologize in advance for all the terrible things I'm about to do to you because I love you. you know, while you're still in a good mood, while, while before he's opened his mouth to make you angry, just, you know, and that, that is kind of funny and it might make him laugh, but it might make him also say, okay, it's Jekyll talking now or Hyde, you know. <laughs> you need to balance all of that nastiness or... I'm afraid one day he may just say, screw this, I don't need this crap, and he's out of here, and hires you a caregiver to take the abuse. If you don't want that to happen, because every man, trust me, because I was that close to walking out on my wife during those two years, and I'm a nice guy, you know, I'm Mr. Patient, I have the patience of Job, and so I does was my that husband. close, I was that close, because I could, I could live on crumbs, but I wasn't even getting the crumbs. You got to make sure you leave him at least some crumbs and try that little funny strategy every morning to say, I just want a sweetheart. I love you. I would just want to uh, apologize in advance, you know, for That's all actually the terrible things that I'm about <laughs> to do maybe in the next five minutes. So please forgive me and remind me to tell you this again when we go to bed, if we're still that's, talking to each other. That's That's really good. Otherwise, trust me, one day. Write it down. <laughs> yeah, write it down. Trust me, one day, this isn't going to go on forever. He's going to get fed up, you know, because men need to be feel to feel appreciation. They need to feel love. And if they're not feeling appreciation or love, they're going to come to the end of their rope, and you're going to be all alone. Somebody will put you in a nursing home. And if that's yes. what you want, then just keep doing what you're doing. You'll keep getting what you're getting. So good advice. Now I give, that's called Dave's hammock wisdom, okay? I give pearls of <laughs> advice to a lot of people. Do you know 90% of the people don't follow my advice? You know why? Because it's free advice. It's worth nothing, you know? But when they pay me $100, $200, $300 to be coached or what have you, they listen. You know, if your doctor appointment in the morning charges you $100 whether you show up or not and you don't feel like showing up, you're going to show up because you know he's going to charge you whether you show up or not. So I hope 
for the sake of your marriage, that you follow my advice, you write it down, you, when we hang up uh, this phone, you don't forget about it, and you talk to him at night and in the morning, because you've got to balance this out or you're going to be in trouble. Well, I'm not constantly, I mean, it yes. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> take much, if you know. You need and, to tell him that you love him. That, yes. That's critical. And I love the apology for before doing anything. Yes, because you're in a good yeah, mood. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I, you wake up in a good mood, don't you? Or you don't wake up in a bad mood because nothing's happened yet, unless you had a nightmare. Yeah, not normally I wake up all right. <laughs> all right we're going to take another break so you can meditate on that, and that will give you time to write it down while we're mm -hmm. on the uh, other line, okay? Yes, I'm going to look for paper. Will, <laughs> we'll be right back, so do not go away. I'm telling you, don't go away. Okay. Okay. A place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical, Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back with Adrian Gruberg and our special guest, Karen Timmons. And so... Wrote it down. What? Oh, good for you. Good. <laughs> good. And, and believe me, this is going to make a huge difference in your life. Because you're going to feel better. He's going to feel better. You, the guilt will, will go away, believe it or not. You know, because at least you'll say, well, at least he knows how I feel. But before he was, you were rewarding good behavior, you know, and um, we, I'm sorry, you were rewarding bad behavior and not rewarding good behavior, and so you just can't keep doing that. So what's uh, what is this about um, the homelessness? Uh, when did you get involved in that, and and uh, how does it impact uh, you? You're not homeless, right? No, thank God. My my middle daughter who took her life at times would be homeless because she just oh, would go on binges and yeah. for the grace of God, someone looked after her and yeah. that always stays in my mind. You know, mm -hmm. I have, if I have, why can't I share? Yeah. I mean, I can't share thousands of dollars. But I, I'm involved now in a, in a project 
where um, we go deliver food to um, a teen outlet mm-hmm. where the ages are like, I think, 18 to like in the 20s, where they can go take a shower, eat, eat something, um, change your clothes, things like that. Are these runaways? I don't know. Okay. I don't, that part I don't know. I mean, okay. we went there the day it opened, and I, I was on, we were in the car, and the radio, the commercial just grabbed me. It was like, this is it. This is sure. what I've been looking for. Well, you can give back, yeah. So if I can get back a little, it just makes me happy. Because out of the kindness of people's Mm. heart, my daughter many times stayed alive. Mm. And you see it so frequently, you try to understand. There's no understanding. You know, sometimes you see the teens and you're like, and then you think they might have been on drugs or the parents just were miserable to them or... Mm -hmm. That someone was abusing them. You, you, there's so many reasons, right? Yeah. And not everyone is sane enough to talk to you as a homeless person. Yeah. So this way, this shelter, they don't talk to us, which is okay. I don't expect that. They thank us to the to the to the top of the world. I'm not looking for that. I'm just trying to help someone have that takeaway food or have that toothbrush and toothpaste and things that we take for granted. If I can just do some of that returning back, that makes me happy. Uh, Is Deborah your daughter's name? Yes. Yeah, I think she's listening, Deborah and... Lisa, Melinda, Marjorie, Hello, everyone. Guveria, <laughs> Rose, and, and Helen. If any of you guys want to call in, you just need to dial the number and punch in that uh, meeting code that's in there. And if you want to ask uh, you know, Karen I got Carson, a question. I want, hey, yes. Adrian has a question. The, the uh, SOS people, the survive, survivors of suicide? Yes. Um, can you... Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with that. You go to a group meeting, and there's people there like yourself, mm-hmm. that their loved one took their lives, their loved ones took their life in front of them. That's the one thing I'm grateful for. Yeah. If, if anything out of all of it, I'm grateful for that, because you go to these meetings and you see these people if they can even speak, there's all that, we, we have that common ground. And you can speak if you want to speak. You could not speak. We haven't been involved in it for a while, but we're going to get back into it mm-hmm. because that would help us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend it to survivors. I truly do. It makes you not feel so bad and it helps a little with the grief yeah and to not 
the thing is you're not alone. We have a good friend who goes to our church and she's, you know, just a solid person. And she was going through a bout of depression. She was in the hospital for six months trying to get over it. Wow. Came out and um, just took her life, put some ankle weights on her on her feet and jumped in the pool and that's how they found her you know and i think wow you're right depending on how they do it can can really affect you you know i when my wife had a stroke but the doctor says well hide the pills from her and i says why he says suicide men use mm -hmm. a gun women use pills you know right and for the men who've used a gun you know gosh at least think of what you're leaving behind you know if you're doing it in the house there's there's a mess to clean up, you know. Somebody I've, has to clean up. I've been it up. at meetings, right, where the, the person will say that they they were going through a bad time with their husband, and they came to the door with the kids, and the husband was there and shot himself right in front of them. You hear these stories and you think, yeah. oh, my God, all right, the loose mind is not that bad. Yeah. There was one woman that she was specifically tried over and over to commit suicide and finally she was able to mm. the parents you, you can have them locked up but there's only so many hours sure. i think it's i forget what it is but there's a limited amount of time that they will lock someone up right. for suicide so mm. they give them say arguments say three-day treatment Oh, you're fine, and they they release you. Yeah, we we had a daughter when she was a teenager. It was like 25, 30 years ago or so, and she was a problem child. You know, she was she wouldn't obey the rules. We showed her where the door was. She left, and then, you know, she'd be living on the street or living in a car, and then she'd come back and try to follow the rules and couldn't do it and left again. And she made two suicide attempts. Fortunately, they were unsuccessful, but. You know, we felt like prisoners and trapped in this. And finally, we just had to tell her, listen, if you commit suicide, uh, we would feel sad. We would cry at your funeral. Uh, but we have no control over what you do when you're when you're out there. And because you, you wonder if a lot of times they use it as a weapon to try to control their parents. You know, as so, well, if if I don't do this or if you don't take me back, I'm going to commit suicide, you know, and and yes, and you can't you can't uh, like. Uh, pay a ransom for, to terrorists, you know, you can't be their prisoner. And so that's why we told him, it says, you know, we would die, we would be unhappy, we would be sad, we would cry at your funeral, but ultimately it's your decision. We hope you don't do it. And then, you know, I have a gas station, and, and one day, one day, uh, you know, we heard the sirens and the highway patrol, they were going down the street, then they were going up the mm. street, then they were going everywhere, and then finally, uh, I heard them again, and and they had set up, um, you know, those those things to blow your tires on the street because they were they were in pursuit oh, yes. of this person. And so he he ran over the thing, and now he's running on four flat tires. Flat tire. And and he stopped right in front of my gas station, and all <laughs> of the sheriffs and highway patrol and police were surrounding him. They all had their guns drawn on him. Told him to get out of the car, you know. And all of a sudden, I heard the, these shots, bang, bang, bang. And everyone's looking because they didn't shoot. And the guy had a gun on his seat, and he shot himself. And yeah. so they, they 
put his body right there on the sidewalk, put a, a yellow tarp over it. Like 10 minutes later, he's right by the bus stop. His son gets off the bus oh. and sees his father on the ground with a oh, yellow God. body oh, bag over him. You know, and this guy went to our church. I mean, there's two people in our church now who have taken their lives. So, I mean, mm. there you don't even know who the next one will be. Robin no. Williams, Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade. You know, right. look at what they had. They're supposed to be they happy. Look like they have everything. Right. Well, <clears throat> I mean, Robinson, Robin right. had been diagnosed with Parkinson's, and yes, uh, he he didn't he didn't want to face life with what he what he would be limited to. He, yeah. he just wanted what he had, and. It was it was a decision that that he made, um, right, young, and it was sad. Young and healthy, was, and God knows, so many people were sad. Yeah, you don't think about the people who are left behind, but you that's know, after, the major after thing. All, you have to live this life. You right. have you're trapped in the body. My wife could have taken her life. Lord knows she wanted to, but uh, you know her faith in God told her no. God's not done with me yet. He can still use this broken body that can't speak. And you know what? He has. She's amazing. She encourages people more than anyone who has both limbs and can speak. So I always tell someone I'm a heart recipient because the, I was given a second chance at life and I was given a wonderful opportunity from someone that donated their Working, mm -hmm. so we also we're very very strong advocate for the the, the donor Donation. don donations. Yeah, I have to say so, that slow. So, <laughs> yeah, say it three times fast. I'm so a what, do donor. Well, you are me too. Whatever so they can do. use, take it. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. So what's this about uh, big game and trophy hunting? That sounds a little off the wall. What's going on there? President Trump lifted the ban on ivory on trophy hunting. Like elephants? I think elephants. Like elephants. Well, that's it for ivory, Dave. Why? Because... I believe I don't know if one rhinoceroses of the sons, have ivory. No, they 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 hunt rhinoceros. They just for the the one aphrodisia. So, uh, someone someone a couple of weeks country, ago. Are there elephants in this country? I like no, wild only elephants. No, in the zoo. No, no. So, what, so how can how can he lift a ban on elephants that are not in on this country? Ivory. On ivory. On it's on ivory. So, how does so now, so between poachers and so he's creating a demand. Trophy? You're saying no, he's ivory. allowing it into the country again to I be see. sold. And so is your like well, Queen Elizabeth, and they pretend to be, you know, like oh, we're 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 not, you know, we're preserving, and you know, I want my son to be able to see elephants when he's 25. <laughs> yeah, I've seen oh, elephants uh, hunted down and, and killed. It's one of the they're they're one of the happiest, wonderful them and dolphins 
you know they're almost human and uh and to see that happen it's just uh, i i have no words well i've been I... there i've been there watching watching it um poachers when you poachers and vultures on the elephants and the poachers taking the tusks and the feet and it's not a happy thing it definitely puts it all in perspective very quickly right there I mean, was a whales too yes well... the amount of hunting that's going on there was a, an article on google and the, the photographer took a picture of the elephant that was cut mm -hmm. the, the whole head and the body left it was one of the most horrific things i've seen and then you have the trophy hunters that go on facebook after killing a rare giraffe and showing it like it's oh welcome to my designer uh, yeah what, she made what a they, she what made a, they want with made a pillow and they want the, they want to show skin? the skin the skin she made a, a a gun casing and I know it's pillows and can't like, we I, are we technologically savvy to make fake giraffe fur and, we do but that doesn't count for these it's people. it's they have lions that are now in in uh kept in cages they're bred bred specifically for a, a trophy hunter to come and there's thousands, of, there's millions of dollars of this. Well, and like they pick bull, out the lion. Like bullfighting. Right. They pick out the lion. They let it they let the do whatever out. it's got to do. He, with, with the people from the farm, he shoots it with a gun or he shoots it with an arrow, whatever it is that he does. Then they, they pose it and then they take it away every part of the line that's possible that's just amazing i mean cockfights and dogfights are illegal but they're allowing elephants and giraffes and lions it's it's but they go right. on the cockfights and dogfights they? They even on in this the even in this country oh yes oh yeah they're just they're, well, there, they're will, very... there will always be evil in the world i guess and uh, yes, yes but i i think the they should the put a ban I think I think they should put the ban back. I agree. And I was it, was I it helping? I was the ban helping? Yes, totally. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, the rate of elephants dying per day, and then you've got places where they're. India was an example where they were throwing fireballs at, at an elephant and at its baby. That was in Sri Lanka. I mean, come on, give me a break. They were there first. You know, there's, there's. But you know, we no... are only like eight or six, five or six percent of the population. Doesn't the rest of the world, isn't there a demand for ivory? I mean, are we the only ones Why? who are caring? I'm just wondering. When we went to San Francisco. Where's the demand coming from? When we went to San Francisco, store after store, Chinese store, had elephant, it had ivory. Cost up to a million dollars. You know, the whole like part of the, the trunk, tusk. the tusk. 
and everything was in, in inter can't say it right delicate delicately art um of the tusk engraved would tell stories or mm -hmm. they would have ivory pieces every store like i mean it was unbelievable that i said this is sickening this is absolutely sickening that an elephant it's the way they kill them for no reason i mean i know now a lot of parts they're starting to as to preserve the rhinos they're starting themselves yes. conservation to take the the horn the horn off so it's not in pain and they can't kill it because there's no horn there okay i think, I think that's a great idea there's no, there's no reason to kill them once no. the horn is gone yeah i think we covered that subject enough uh tell me why you think caregivers deserve so much appreciation i know that seems like a silly question but what have you learned as a loved one that maybe some other loved one hasn't learned yet about caregivers, not only your own, but everyone's caregiver? I've learned that caregivers on a daily basis are 24-7. They provide everything that's necessary and they don't get enough credit. And my husband and my daughter it was the two of them and the hospital the nurses the doctors but the caregiver my husband never got enough i could never thank him enough the pain and and watching him watch me watching my daughter watch me relearn to use my hands to relearn to walk. Mm -hmm. The appreciation that I hold for them is, is I can't even describe. So I would hope that whoever is a caregiver realizes we may not say it enough, but if, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be where we are. Yeah, I want to give and, you one more one more homework assignment too. Uh, you know, we all try not to be uh, have a favorites with our children because they would get jealous among each other or our grandchildren, right? That's just common right. knowledge. Um, I want you to try to treat your husband the same way you treat your daughter, because really they're both your caregivers. Otherwise, your husband is going to see. He's a, he he probably already has seen this, and he's probably already thinking stuff like this is. Wow, why is she treating her nicer and she's treating me like crap? You know, and uh, you want to make sure yes. that there's no jealousy going on there, or or him saying, "Well, maybe she loves her and he doesn't love and she doesn't love me." You know, you need to uh, you need to start uh, treating your caregivers equally, just like you would treat your your children equally. So there. That's another freebie. You got two big freebies from me now <laughs> <laughs> that other people pay good money for. And so I'll just leave it at that. How can somebody get a hold of you if they want to, you know, talk to you or or learn more about, uh, you know, depression and 
and uh, big game animal killing or or bipolar. Oh, it's all over. It's all over my Facebook. They can gladly get in touch with me that way. So your Facebook page is kind of like a uh, like a page with a lot of information on it. Karen Timmons, T I M M O N S. Yes. Yes. I mean. Adrian, how do we get a hold of you? It's Adrian at the caregiverspace.org. And everything else you need, you'll find at the caregiverspace.org. All of the yeah. social media links and everything shopping. else. And I'm caregiverdave.com. And uh, we're giving away a couple of free gifts, a, uh, a quiz on... Um, so what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not stress. Uh, or help me out, Adrian. Anxiety. No. Um, are you a candidate for burnout? Okay. There we oh. Go. Okay. <laughs> so a burnout quiz. In case you don't know that you're burned out or close to burnout, we have this quiz from AARP, and it'll help you kind of score where you are, and then we give you advice on how you can increase your score. And then we give you a copy of uh, my first free book uh, download of uh, One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships, and it's our story and how we got along without killing each other. So <laughs> com. and I can't believe how fast the hour has gone. Thank you so much. It was a great show, Karen, and we appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, Adrian, for coming on You're welcome. tirelessly thank week you. after week after week. And I appreciate <laughs> you both so much. And I'm just going to say my goodbyes now to everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program with Dave Nassani.